light, refreshing drink, and it's guaranteed to um, take about three and a half uh, shots off your handy. All right. Oh, oh man. Wow, look at that. We're going to have to get Mike, loaded up Mike, this year. Mike is going to be ready for the tour. Individual results may vary. <laughs> <laughs> Be today's the day I break 80. Want the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading. No OB and no bogeys. I gotta keep it on the 80. It's the gold G. Well, you hit it on one. Straight up the gut, baby. Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings. Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy. So punch out the rough and tune to break 80. Break 80. Joined now by Dan from Liftbridge and Doug from McShanks. We'll uh, we're gonna talk some booze. <laughs> everybody, everybody loves that. Um, let's start with Dan here. Uh, Liftbridge, you are you started Liftbridge? Yeah. So I'm one of the co-founders. I'm the CEO, which means I get to do all these fun events and uh, pick the fun things to do. Um, we got started in Stillwater in 2008. So this year is our 15th anniversary. So we're really going to celebrate now that we're a teenager. <laughs> um, but yeah, I got, we got started by, I started a neighborhood poker league and met my business partner, Brad. Um, little did I know that he was a second generation brewer. His dad was in the brewing industry and Brad said, hey, I really want to start a brewery here in Stillwater, but I really have no idea on how to start a business. And I'm like, well, I've been in a couple of business uh, startups and I think that'd be really fun. You know, my background was in software development, so I was creating websites and stuff. And um, I thought, man, beer would be way better than creating websites and sitting behind a computer. <laughs> was the uh, was the first website? I'm, I'm sure you heard Kevin's interview. Was it two photos and 75 words, or what did it what did it look like? It was something like it, it was yeah. pretty terrible. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we we started by interviewing a couple other breweries and asking them, you know what would you do if you're starting a brewery because we want to start one and they gave us some advice and one of them in St. Paul the Flat Earth Brewery was their name they had just started had extra capacity so we started by contract brewing there we brewed um, 30 kegs worth of beer and our business plan at that time was we're going to brew this beer and if it doesn't sell we're just going to liquidate the company aka have a giant party <laughs> but uh, fortunately it all sold we delivered it in our minivan uh, to the accounts on nights and weekends. And I can tell you through that experience that the maximum number of kegs in a Honda Odyssey is seven <laughs> because of weight. So um, This is what our younger listeners need to know. When they, <laughs> when they take their parents' minivan, they're like, how when big, you go to college, how big yeah. can this party get? It sounds like Tim in Ames, Iowa, and Iowa State. I, there's a lot of open area down there. You can throw lots of keggers. <laughs> Yeah, so it was fun. We just kept rolling it forward, and then we moved into our place in Stillwater in 2010 and just kept pouring our, our, uh, our money and proceeds back into it. And at the time when we started, there were 12 breweries in the state, and now there's over 200. But back then in 2008, we thought, man, this, this market is super saturated. Maybe we're too late to the game. But I'm glad we were wrong, and uh, right now we're about the sixth largest brewery in the state, and we go going to Wisconsin, uh, North Dakota, South Dakota. And um, we've expanded into other beverages, including seltzer, 
uh, non-alcoholic uh, sodas and root beer, and then also uh, ready-to-drink uh, spirit-based cocktails. So that kind of is uh, where we're at today, and we have a second facility in New Richmond, Wisconsin, that we do. Uh, we have a distiller permit, which allows us to do those ready-to-drink cocktails. Awesome. Very I will cool. say, yeah, Stillwater is one of my favorite cities in the state. It's such it's such a cool location. Got so many unique things to it. So having a brewery there is just what I can imagine. You know, only set up set up for success because of that uh, that location you got there. I have found myself at Liftbridge more than once, more than more <laughs> than one occasion when I when I just plan on going to Stillwater with no plan at all. Yeah, so, two two yeah. break eighty newsletters so far have been finished at Liftbridge because oh, awesome. part of my territory has ended up there for my regular work. <laughs> oh man, I promised the guys I'd get this out sooner than later. Here I am drinking a hop dish over at over at your place. Well, not only do we have beer, but we have free Wi-Fi as Ooh. well. So. Feel free to stop in and finish your work anytime. Perfect. So, yep. so on to Doug then. That is the spirit-based distillery kind of thing with McShanks? Yeah. So um, Liftbridge uh, is our co-packing partner, uh, but we're, we're a separate company, separate brand. And uh, uh, um, do, do you want the... Do you want the 18-hole version or the abridged 9-hole version? You can go with the abridged. That's fine. Okay, we'll do the abridged 9-hole version. So um, Doogie McShank is, is my golfing alter ego. Oh. And uh, he's a guy, and I'm sure you've played golf with this guy. He's a guy who plays a little better after he's had a couple of pops. Well, that's, that's all of us, isn't it? Relatable. Yes. Yeah, very, very. Yeah, so anyway... Um, uh, about three years ago, uh, at the ripe old age of 55, I had kind of decided to retire early, and uh, and uh, I'm playing golf uh, um, with some buddies at our club, and uh, we finished the front nine, and, and I'm playing like a total mutt. And uh, we stop at the halfway hut, and I grab a vodka bootleg, which our club uh, is famous for. And... Uh, play 10, which is the number one handicap hole, par it, birdie 11, par 12, <laughs> birdie 13. And walking down the 14th fairway, I'm like, somebody's got to put this stuff in a can and market it <laughs> exclusively to golfers. And I decided to become that someone. Nice. At, at what hole did you run out of that bootleg? Was it, well, was it drank on the first I'm, hole? I'm or? not going to kid. I'm, I'm uh, uh, so you're looking at me, and I'm like 6'2", and, you know, all of a buck 70 soaking wet. But I've got a hollow leg when it comes to uh, <laughs> vodka bootlegs. So, yeah, it evaporated. It must have been a hot day. <laughs> so is this Minicotta Club? Is this uh, where this thing originated at? Yes, they probably don't want me mentioning that. But, uh, <laughs> yes, I'm a member of the Minicotta Club, a longtime member. Uh, actual uh, former grounds chair and president of the club. And uh, they have been serving vodka bootlegs for, boy, close to 100 years. There's a great debate about which club invented the vodka bootleg, whether it was Minicata or Woodhill. And um, I have it on good authority from uh, Jack Farrell, the owner of Haskell's, that it was actually invented uh, by the bartender at Woodhill. Mm. So is this is this a pre-prohibition drink, or was this something served down in, in the basement of the Minicotta Club during Prohibition era? I, I think it was pre-prohibition. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which is probably how it got the name. And um, 
You know, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned bootleg outside of the country club universe, and most people have no idea what you're talking about. And certainly outside of the state of Minnesota, it's very much a Minnesota thing. Uh, but you mentioned it in, in, in the country club uh, uh, social circle, and everybody knows exactly what you're talking about. And it's basically kind of like Minnesota's version of a mojito, uh, but with vodka instead of, of rum. Uh, but very simple drink, just a vodka soda with uh, lemon lime juice and mint. Of course, you can't do uh, 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 fresh mint uh, in a shelf-stable can, so we use uh, mint extract, which is still all natural, and you still get that sort of hint of mint, but it's a really light, refreshing drink, and it's guaranteed to... Um, Take about three and a half uh, shots off your handy. All right. Oh, oh, wow, look at that. We're going to have to get loaded up Mike, this year. Mike is going to be ready for the tour. Individual results may vary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we each had one yesterday, and you guys have maybe you guys had one today too, but very refreshing. Um, yeah, very good. A nice I, little summary touch to it. I can't believe we had a whole talk with Kevin about a fitness program, <laughs> about uh, swing changes, getting better. All I had to do was drink a couple of these. Yeah, we found the real way to get yeah. better. Yeah. For, for $7 on a golf course, you've got a swing aid that is going to be 100 yeah. times more effective than any swing aid known to man. Aiming fluid. How did, uh, so. how did your guys' relationship come, come to, uh, to fruition here? How did you go from that idea and wanted to do it to now yeah. putting it in product? Yeah, well, all I can say is I'm glad I met Dan and the LiftBridge folks uh, uh, we were introduced by a uh, 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 liquor consultant who I was uh, 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 doing some research with. And we had done about three rounds of flavor work with a very reputable national flavor house who shall remain nameless. Okay. And it was a total swing and a miss. And I was about to give up on the, uh, on the initiative, and then this consultant uh, uh, that I was working with introduced me to Dan and Brad, and I gave them my homemade recipe. They reversed engineered it. They came back a week later with basically what's in this can right here. Wow. I mean, uh, they just completely nailed it. And um, I mean, we, we were just giddy when we were uh, tasting the first samples, so. Well, and I think it's important that, you know, even though we were pretty close on the first first one, I think we went through, I don't know, eight or ten rounds just to be sure, didn't we? <laughs> you, you had to fill up the minivan, right? <laughs> That's right. Well, research is important, people. Yeah, I don't know. does LiftBridge have an official taste tester to try all these things out? What a job. We do. It's a very long line <laughs> of people on our list. But, yeah, feel free to join it. Perfect. So alcohol and, and golf are very much intermixed now. We've got the foreplay guys and the Owens mixers bringing back this transfusion. Obviously, this is a very targeted drink towards golf as well. Where do you think this is going to fit within that, that microsphere of golf? And is this going to transcend golf too? Is it, is it something that you hope people bring and, and take home for the backyard barbecue, drink casually on a Sunday morning? Yeah, great question. So, so Before is, or after church? Yeah. So, you know, I... I'm a former marketing guy. You know, I ran an ad agency for 20 years and spent 32 years in the ad business. I did this the exact wrong way you're supposed to do it, <laughs> according to the marketing textbook. I developed this product for me and my golfing buddies. And it was like, I don't care if anybody else likes it. That's who this is for. What we are finding out is women love this, non-golfers. My wife 
who hates golf. Uh, <laughs> fellow member of the Minicata Club, she's seen the first tee. That's the only part of the golf course she's ever seen. Social member. Well, no, they, they don't allow social oh. members there. But, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but she loves this drink. And, and we're finding out that, that anybody who likes light, refreshing vodka drinks can relate to it. And even though there's a golfer on the can, they just sort of look at the can and it just sort of reeks of country club uh, lifestyle. And that's a lifestyle that a lot of people find very appealing. Mm -hmm. And so it attracts people that way. And once people get liquid to lips, they're kind of like golfer or not. They just like the product. And uh, they can see, you know, serving it at a back bar backyard barbecue, bringing it on the fishing boat, pontoon ride, you name it. I mean, this can makes me want to re-wallpaper my bathroom. <laughs> that, is, that is fantastic. Yeah. It's got some, like, European vibes, too, on it. Some Irish, you know. It's, like, it's just old school. Well, you've played yeah. golf in Ireland. You told me yesterday. Yeah, uh, uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, golf experiences of all time. I do a lot of golf travel and uh, went on a golf trip of a lifetime in uh, 2013 to uh, Northern Ireland and, and um, Dublin area. Played 14 rounds in nine days, walked every one of them. Uh, played County Down twice, nice. which that's a religious experience. So is Portrush, uh, Port Marnock. Uh, yeah, it was great. And uh, this, I mean, they would crush this product in, uh, in Ireland, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. They <laughs> Need could... somebody to go across the pond and do some sales, let me know. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Dan's all about it. And, Dan, what about your golf background? Well, uh, I started golfing when I was 16. Uh, I played baseball, and I regret it. Uh, <laughs> my brother played golf and got a decent swing, so I've been trying. The big right miss, yeah. always in play. So for every for the last thirty years, I've been trying to fix my swing. But I do love playing golf, and um, I'm looking forward to the season. But it looks like uh, with all the snow, it's going to be a little ways off unless we head south. Yeah. So there's been this talk of, of diminishing returns with alcoholic beverages. Obviously, the McShanks takes three and a half strokes off of your handicap. Is there a certain amount of beverages that a golfer should try to achieve to get maximum results on the course? <laughs> Again, individual <laughs> results <laughs> may vary, but. Uh, I, Loaded question. I, I always say you got to get the drip rate just right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I usually go two McShanks per, uh, for one uh, Powerade, balance it out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Staying hydrated. It's yep. a good yep. ratio. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, I mean, we call it PAL or perfect alcohol level. <laughs> and there's PAL for any, any situation, you know, whether it's golfing, playing darts, going to your kids' recital. Pal might be zero. That might be zero for that. That could be really high to, get, might be to high. get through. But uh, yeah, and it's it's uh, it's one of those things. Once you get there, it's very hard to maintain that plateau. The plateau is more like a peak. So it's uh, you got to practice it and get get to the right level. Yeah. I was gonna say, especially on a hop dish with just how how high of alcohol content some of the Liftbridge beers have. It's yeah, it is a drip that you need. Well, that's why we're really pushing uh, the Mango Blonde for. For the golf courses, it's it's under five percent, and so that's more of a, a sustainable alcohol level for for a, a couple rounds of golf. I call it value buying. Whenever I go to the liquor store, I find that one that's the highest content, and that's you're getting more bang for your buck there. Not only that, the the, the mango blonde has got a lightness, yeah, uh, that it allows you to have more than than one without feeling like 
you know, you're, you're going to have to take a nap or have a stomach ache. It's a good summer, good summer beer. It's a yeah. great summer beer, yeah. Any uh, any courses that you guys want to point out that some of your products are at? Do you know? Well, I mean, a lot of it's TBD with the the season starting up. Mm-hmm. We our, our wholesaler College City is going to do a little golf expo for all the golf courses. Okay. To come try the products down there. Um, you know, I'm out in Stillwater, so, I mean, we talked to Loggers Trail. They're going to have Mango Blonde on this year. A lot of great courses out that way. Yep. And um, so that's that's kind of what we, we focus on is the ones close to home. Yeah. Awesome. On the McShanks end, um, we are we're, uh, selling hard right now to try to get, you know, maximum uh, ACV exposure. But uh, we've so far heard from uh, Spring Hill, Hazeltine, uh, Minneapolis Golf Club, Golden Valley, Edina Country Club, a lot of the country clubs. And then on the on the uh, public side, we've uh, heard from uh, the Wilds. Um, this is an exclusive drink, folks. If, yeah. if you don't have or don't get a McShanks today, you <laughs> might not get one <laughs> ever again because, goodness, I mean, the Wilds is public, but some yeah. of these courses my goodness, this is an exclusive this beverage. Is the top, this is the top, top notch in Minnesota well, golf we, here. We, 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 we hope to change that and get it on every every public golf yeah. course uh, uh, that we can. Braemar, uh, Braemar is going to be bringing it on. Um, okay. um, I don't have the list in front of me right now, but we've got a half dozen at least other uh, munis, daily fee courses. And the can, Braemar's got the lawn bowling. The can kind of fits the lawn bowling aesthetic. aesthetic well, there. well, that's actually where we're going to have our launch party. Oh, nice. Uh, you know, we kind of missed the golf season last year. We didn't get this into cans until uh, late October last year, so we missed the golf season. So we're going to have a big launch party on May 18th. People, May, May put, put it down on your calendar. Thursday, May 18th, uh, at Braemar, and uh, we've got uh, one of Doogie's favorite bands is going to be performing. The uh, Paddy Wagon. You guys ever heard of Paddy Wagon? <laughs> no, they're a, they're a St. Patrick's Day oh. uh, uh, a perennial favorite at uh, Shamrocks in St. Paul. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's when we're going to do our big uh, coming out party. Perfect. Well, break 80 will gladly drink all the beverages we can find this summer when we're on the golf course, for sure. Yeah. And, and Dan, any new beers coming up from, from Liftbridge? Yeah, we, uh, we have a couple fun ones coming out. Uh, probably our big one is uh, a Pilsner with lime and sea salt, so that'll be another summer crusher for us. And we're going to be doing a, a blonde variety pack. Which you, ooh, how, nice. high, how high alcohol content? content can you get on that that lime salt pilsner <laughs> that, that one is uh just below five as well but uh we just launched a beer yesterday that's over 12 percent oh ABV. hey so Jeez. if you're shopping for value uh we do have some options there just as below well. five that's like tim's handicap <laughs> all right well thanks a lot guys yeah, yeah thanks coming for on us. cheers we will be looking forward to drinking Right on. All right. Cool. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Thanks. Well, our third and final segment of the Minnesota Golf Show here by, by Choice Bank is our 18-hole course that we wanted to put together. Three of us have put together an 18-hole course um, with a few ground rules. And the ground rules are we have to pick a hole from 18 different courses. So it cannot, you cannot have a, a same course be, you know, multiple holes from, a, from, a, from the same course. We also have to use the hole that it is on the actual course. 
So, for example, if it's a hole one at, at this course, it's got to be our hole one. So it does make things difficult. I know that we, uh, when we made this, it was a, a tough decisions, and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's, you know, the best holes, but maybe for us or maybe we've got some, you know, history there that we really liked or maybe we hit a shot at this hole that, that we wanted to have it in there. There could be a lot of reasons why we included our, our holes on here. But we're going to do our 18-hole um, and we'll probably just go one at a time, so we'll each unveil our whole ones and, and go forward. But before we do that, anything that you want to tell us about your course before we... I tried to do something particularly interesting because I, I think it's just fun to have a couple corks here or there. I've got a back-to-back -back par 3, number 9 and number 10, and a back-to-back -back par 5 finishing 17-18 because that is the best way to enter and leave the clubhouse. Is right. So it's kind of like the Wild Marsh... Royal Golf Club ending, the double par fives. So your course basically But, but none gives, of them are being used. <laughs> <laughs> your course basically gives hope to all golfers because you're struggling. At, I got those par fives coming up at the end. Yep. Yeah, you're good for one birdie coming in. <laughs> Mike, what about yours? Anything that you want to point out before we start? Oh, man, this was actually hard. It was hard to figure out an order and to make it like a par 72. Mine is basically a lot of uh, risk-reward holes, drivable par fours, the things I like. From the tips, my course only plays 6,600 yards okay. <laughs> when I added it up here, even though I do have one par six in there. I will say I did try to, on each nine, I try to have two par fives and two par threes in each nine of mine. So when we go through this, I try to make sure that's another reason that made it really hard because I'm sitting here needing a par three. I have a hole, you know, I've got a hole missing and I got to find a par three that I can use from a course that I haven't used yet. So it was really tough. When it all comes down to, but it was also fun. It was also fun to think through all the courses and in the holes and things like that. So, with that being said, let's uh, let's share. I, I will talk. I will say that my course is called Kush Country Club, and it was Norwegian for like a good experience. So that's why I named it that. You're over here naming the course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my course I gotta is, give my course a name. My course is not named. No, it's no known. one, no one wants to name this. It's <laughs> abomination. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with number one, Tim. What do you got for hole one? So my number one. And their booth is, is nearly within eyesight. So go ahead and stop over to Superior National. It's one of Joel Goldstrand's finest creations. The first hole is 413 yards from the tips. It's a par four that kind of gently goes to the left with bunkering at the turn and this amazing view of Lake Superior in, in the background. It's just a nice kind of a handshake par four to open a couple bunkers off of the back of the green. Joel Goldstrand, RIP this year. I know. Or last year, I, I guess. Well, I, I think Mike and I might have the same one here, so we might as well just kind of throw we it do. out there. But we uh, we like to have things that are I think that are unique, and you want to start off with a nice fun hole that possibly you can score on. We went with Baker Nationals hole one. Par four, iconic red barn in the background, especially after they freshly painted that like two years ago. Yeah. That looked, didn't that look delicious? Absolutely. I don't, I don't especially like the actual tee shot part of the hole. I mean, you just kind of... It's a narrow tee shot. Depending on where, what tee box you use, you kind of lay back so you don't want to get into those trees. But the second shot is a great shot, down the hill by the barn. I really like the placement of the new cart path, which is directly <laughs> next to the fairway. And, and usually as I'm getting up, I'm still a little stiff. I'm hitting the fade off the tee, and then it goes careening off the well-placed cart path right next to the fairway into the well-placed woods. I had a lot of trouble with hole, first holes. There's not a lot of great opening holes in public. Like the, fir the first hole really stands out that I can, that I can find. 
All right, well, let's snake draft this back. So let's go back now from Mike back through me right. to Tim on your second hole. Uh, number two, I... There's probably better holes on this golf course, but this is where it fit in. I did the Wilderness, 472-yard par four. It's got some center line kind of bunkering up towards the green. You, it's it's got it's a pretty challenging, demanding hole, but at the same time, I think it's pretty well done architecturally. It's a good golf hole. That is pretty. And Mike, you birdied that one in our. Did you not in our? That is correct. I went Ryder birdie, Cup. Birdie, birdie to start on one and two at Wilderness. Yeah, chipped in on two. I have actually, this is the second, we've already mentioned this course already, and I, I have actually number two from the river side of Superior National. It is a par three. I like my par threes like with a nine iron or, or you know, or a wedge or something like that because you've got to be able to score. But there's a river that runs right through it. If you head over to the Superior National exhibit, you can see a picture of this hole on it. Um, yeah, nice, beautiful shot, beautiful view. I mean, you can't quite beat it and, uh, you know, potentially a birdie. So my number two. And and I think my course has a lot of corks to it. <laughs> a lot of a lot of places that the, the people wouldn't even think should be on this list. Uh, but I do have an appreciation for classic architecture, and I think Columbia, number two, as one of the the oldest munis in in the state here, as a hole that really showcased a little land movement, uh, something that that they didn't necessarily have steam engines for to create, has a, a wonderful challenging tee shot next to that pond on the right side, and then a super elevated approach to a green that sits 60 feet above above the fairway. So I think it's just a, a wonderful um, harken back to, to old architecture. All right, Tim, snake it back. What's your hole three? Snaking back. So on to the par fives. Uh, we're going with legacy, and I do, I've already had a talk with the good folks over at Craigens about their website. We're working on it. We're working on it. Um, but the, the new Layman's 18, very, very long routing, uh, but a very fun par 5. Uh, so this newly redesigned Tom Layman hole uh, has a harsh dog leg left with bunkering to the right side of that dog leg. The approach shot pinches over a bit of a swamp area and then has a, a slightly elevated green with a depressed bunker that can, can hopefully save a couple balls from the water. Tim, you and I played that... Um is it? I can't remember. Is it something that you can get get on into with? Or I, I don't remember because you really played, have to cut played, over that dog leg. Plus, hard. plus we we played way back too, did we not? We did, yeah. So I think if you played one up, it might be a reachable. But I do know it was not an easy layup. I felt like even the layup was really kind of tight. It got really tight at the layup and the tees there because they use that course, the the layman's eighteen they use for the Canadian tour. Uh, they come down and play it. They can lengthen that thing, I think, I want to say 7,800, 7,700 yards from the back, and we were just one up from there. So we were having uh, a difficult day out at that. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> well, I'll let you talk about this one since we have the same. Oh, we got the same number three, yep. Chaska Town. Um, Chaska Town course is a fun par four. It's 287 from the tips. So depending on what box you play, you're probably hitting iron or something because you got that big tree in the middle and all kinds of wild bunkering down by the green. But I love a good drivable par four course, but also one where you just, you never know what the outcome is going to be when you get up there. You get up there, you might be in the fairway, you might be in the bunker. You know, Generally, you're up by the green somewhere because it kind of goes downhill. Just a really fun golf hole. Yeah, you got to strategize around the tree. Some, you know, I think when I get on the tee box, I always shoot the tree, figure out what that distance is, try to get myself a little bit further past that. If you go too far past that, then you're probably in the greenside bunker somewhere. So... 
really cool hole. I mean, you could play it a number of ways. You could, you know, slap a driver if you want at it. You could play a long iron to get past the tree. You could lay up. I guess you could lay up behind the tree, which I don't know if that would make much sense. But I don't know. I wonder how many times people actually get it on the green because the green's kind of protected by bunkers and stuff like that. So it's not one that you could just easily. And get you can't it up go there. long either. No. So long oh, is water. dead. There's long water. is dead. So that's another one that you can't. You have to kind of. You know, on your approach shot, think about too, because you don't want to want to go long on that. Yeah, yeah. All right, Mike, you got uh, hole four. What's your hole four of your of your course? I needed a par three, so I went um, in some of the other holes with great par threes. I, I already used. I went Dakota Ridge, par three, fourth hole. It's got the water left, bunkers right. It's 209 yards from the back tee. So it's got a lot of teeth to it. Usually gets some wind. Uh, so it's a pretty good. There's there's some other great par threes on the same course, but that's the one that fit for me. Um, my number four is my first par five. You, could, you go to Stone Ridge up over on the west side of the cities. And there's a couple reasons why I like this. First of all, I, I tend to play a slight draw, usually, not all the time, but um, it's a dogleg right off the box. Um, you know, you can kind of miss further right if you, if you want. You're going to still be in play. Uh, it's, I will say it's hard to reach into, and the reason why it's a super elevated green, and there's like this death bunker short right of it that you don't want to be in. Uh, you won't be able to see much. Very deep. Um, you also don't want to go long in your approach shot because the hill kind of sli- slopes back. And if you go too far, your chip shot back is going to roll off towards the front and, and it'll be very difficult up and down. So it gives you a lot of strategy. you got to hit a good layup shot to a number that you feel comfortable hitting your next one on. And, you know, Storm Ridge Greens are the best you can find. So they're, uh, You're better off usually there if you're laying up. It's a tough one to go for. But laying up, you're almost better off laying up way back at 100 yards just so you can get something high and, and spinny because it's... You don't you, want a 50-yard shot on that You get that, that one, little 50-yarder uphill yeah. or you're trying to finagle something to like a really kind of narrow little green. Yeah. So true to form on, on my quirky course, back-to-back par fives already. <laughs> uh Going over to Meadows at Mystic Lake, and it's another one that I can see from, from our booth. Wonderful golf course in Prior Lake. Uh, architect Garrett Gill and Paul Miller. Yep. And Miller. just a, a fun driving hole. I, I think it, it gets low-pinched with some bunkers and water on the left side, and then the approach is really where it comes to life. Um, kind of a, a hero shot with water surrounding the green. Um, a pretty easy layup if you choose to do it, but if you do choose to go for it, really a, a great a great place to, to see how your swing's feeling for the day. All right, Tim, hole five. Hole five. All right, we're going back to another Muni. A lot of curveballs in this list. Uh, so number number five at Theo Worth, which is a par four, a bit longer, uh, around 430 yards, requires a drive over the marsh with marshland on the left side of the fairway and pine trees along the right to an elevated green with a bunker in the front Really just a, a tough hole. One of the toughest, I think, at Theo Worth. Probably the toughest hole out there, yeah. yeah. But just some, some beautiful land utilization. And if you look over your left shoulder, you can see the skyline of downtown Minneapolis. All right, some aesthetics there. All right, I like that. Well, I'm, I'm trying to go for these, what I think could be the second or the, the best, you know, second shot in Minnesota. At least one of them. It's at Deacon's Lodge. It's a par four. You know, off the box, slight dogleg to the right. So you have to hit a good drive, but you're kind of up where the 150 stake is. When you hit back down to the, to the hole, there's, some, there's a lake to the right there. The green complex is awesome. It's kind of got a little bowl effect. Um, so very inviting, you know, if you can hit the green. It feels like it kind of almost funnels, 
funnels towards the pin, depending, I guess, where it's at. But you just can't find a better picture, you know, for a second shot. It's just beautiful, gorgeous, and uh, that's what we're all about in my, in my course. I like, uh, I like beauty. Yep. Uh, I got uh, fifth hole at Rail Club. Par four, 375 yards. The tee shot's kind of just like a long iron down the hill, but it's all about the second shot. you got to hit like a wedge usually over the, over the water. It's got a crazy like two-tiered green that can get kind of diabolical. So that's a, that's a good golf hole. I like uh, with that one. There's a there's pin dependency. Like if you got a pin on the front left, you don't feel as scared. You can feel like you can birdie it. Throw that pin on the back right. Yeah. Then it kind of brings a little bit more risk into it and stuff. So. All right, moving along to hole six. All right, so your hole six. <laughs> so my golf course. Uh, the one thing with my golf course, looking at it with all these drivable par fours, is somebody could shoot like 59 out here. <laughs> now, this, this is legit. This is a low scoring golf course. Uh, but. I all, this is by no means architecturally one of the best holes in Minnesota. You just want to drive the green? I just No, no, no. I just want to put this on here because my hole number six is actually at Madden's, but it's not at the Classic. It's at Pine Beach East, and it is a par six. <laughs> you want birdies on. Huh? And it's only 618 yards. So we played <laughs> par fives longer than this par six. So oh, Yeah. But we played one at, at Streamsong that was 690. Yeah. And Landman at n- number like whatever, 600 yeah. and some yards. Somebody here got there in two. Um, anyway. But uh, so that's like you're thinking birdie all day you're gonna, long. You're going to four putt it. Just get it up there and somewhere and you're making birdie on this hole. So that's, that's why it's in mine. The, the well sought after four putt par. It does make my, my having, having a bar six kind of makes the whole, the whole, the whole nine hole thing kind of weird because my next two are par threes. I'm going to go uh, with my home course. I'm going hole six at Wild Marsh. Uh, you know, when you think of wild marsh, you've got marsh, right? And, and so this one kind of captures that. You've got a marsh in front of you that you need to carry. Uh, you know, you miss left, there's a, there's a bunker to, to catch it. If you miss right, it can hit that. There's a kind of a feed that goes down into the marsh. So off the tee is a, a very important part of this hole. And if you get off the tee, you're going to have probably a wedge in. And, you know, depending, again, where the flag is, there's some two tiers to it. I think the hardest pin is the, the front one because you're usually coming in from that 70 you know, 60, 70, 80 yard range, and it can kind of be tough to, to make sure you carry it because if you're short, it's a runoff, it comes all the way back. Um, but yeah, that two tier, it's a, even if you hit on two, it's not a guaranteed two putt either. So, you know, a little tricky green there. But uh, yeah, fun little hole, very picturesque. If you ever get to hole six at Wild Marsh, make sure that you turn around and you look back. Um, it's a really cool, cool look. Um, never forget to look when you're playing golf to look back at what you, what you just did and what you accomplished too. I think it's a good feeling to to look back and uh, look at the scenery as well. Also possibly drivable, depending on the you wind know, and everything. Depending on the wind, depending on the tees you play, could be. I mean, the only problem is it's everything's uphill, so once it hits, it doesn't really release. So you have to be a bomber to, to really get it up there, which, you know, maybe you are, Mike, especially all the weight training you've been doing this, this off season. Usually I get it up there, but usually it's, it's way right. <laughs> so over by, I'm, I'm over by those trees on the right okay. side half the time. Well, Mike is going to hate this hole because you can't, you can't hit the driver. And that's Willinger's par, par five, oh, hole six. What? Yeah, yeah I, I, my course has curveballs. <laughs> I was shocked. Uh, Willinger's same architectural design company that did Meadows. So a little bit of inside, inside knowledge there. Uh, a shorter par five, 530 yards but really requires less than a driver, sometimes even less than a hybrid, depending on the wind. A true layup hole where you have to hit, what, a, a hybrid or a three-wood into a, 
very well protected green. That's where Tim and I went. So on hybrid, our, hybrid. That's where Tim and I went on our first golf date. Yep. yep. <laughs> oh, cute. They, they maybe always, that's where the memory is. Yeah, they, they always tell you, meet strangers on the Internet. Go hang out yeah, with them good, in secluded locations. Good life lessons. Yep. I'm pretty sure I, I was complaining about that hole because I hit like six iron off the tee on a par five. I'm pretty sure I, I could hit a three iron or a two hybrid. Uh, my next hole. Finally, so this is hole seven. This is hole seven. So finally, getting into some of some of the, the top-rated golf courses. You've already kind of knocked them all off your list, but we're going to Wilderness, hole seven, par three. It's a short par three, measuring 157 yards. Uh, it's playing about a club to two clubs shorter uh, because it's so far downhill. But in the background, you've got this beautiful piney marshland to an elevated green that really. If you miss uh, your approach shot, if you miss that, that shot in, it's, it's going to disperse that ball down into to somewhere where you really don't want to be. So accuracy, something of, of necessity there. Well, for, for hole seven, I needed a par three, and I, I needed a, you know, again, I like to score. I like to have birdie opportunities. I feel like this hole does that. We are headed to the links at North Fork. Um, it's got the double green. There's one left, there's one right. You can, I mean, depending on the day, they can switch, you know, switch the hole up on you, so that also gives you variety. You can play you know, different spots on it. It can be a two, but it can be a five. You know, if you get some wind out there, you're trying to sometimes knock down like an eight or a nine iron, depending on, you know, if you, and if you miss a little right or left, you're basically in something you may not be able to hit out of. So it can, can be a two and it can be a five. Do you like the right or the left green better? You know, I, I think I've typically done better on the right side front pin. I don't know why. I, I remember hitting a lot of, stu- uh, you know, stuffed a few, got a couple twos. The one on the left, I think, is shorter, but it's also smaller, I think, you know, in, in, in some way. Um, so, anyways, that's my seven. I wish they'd move them a little closer together. It's like when you're at the you're at the putting green and you're chipping and, and you accidentally skull one over and you're like, oh, that's the pin I was actually going for. <laughs> so, uh, what are we on? Seven? Seven. So, mine is from Stonebrook and everybody thinks Stonebrook, they think the pontoon hole, which is the next hole, eight. But the little par three, it's 133 from the back. It's a cool hole. It's got the lake all kind of around it on one side. It's got some bunkering. You're only hitting a wedge in there, so it's kind of fun. But it's a really nice looking golf hole. So, that's what I got for my number seven. All right, my – oh, actually, let's do uh, – what are we on, eight now? Hole eight. Go ahead, Mike. You can go eight? Ahead. I got a, a back-to-back par threes. <laughs> I had to do that because of the par six. That's you're, right. you're learning from my uh, golf um, course architecture company. So I got uh, – yeah, I got uh, Edinburgh, number eight. L- another little par three. It's – well, it's not little. It's like 170 from the back tee. And again, you got water right. You got bunkering and kind of a crazy green with the big spine in it. I'm a big fan of, like, the, the spined greens. I got a whole bunch of them here. Uh, my eight is, I think you guys have each already had a hole from his wilderness. It's called Timberwolf. This hole is called Timberwolf. It's a reach par five. Um, inviting fairway. Um, if you have a good, strong tee shot, you can get there in two. Uh, it's, I think it's got boulders that you could see from, from off the box, too, so it gives you a, a cool little visual there. Um, and the green is, is kind of cool. So, you know, I think there's that water to the right, very, again, picturesque, very up northy feel and, and look, and that's kind of what we're going for. So my hole eight is classic at Madden's par four, four forty. It's it's a pretty long and straight hole, unlike your guys' courses where every a, par four is drivable. I got a lot of demons from that hole. That, it, it is a demon maker. Uh, <laughs> you've got to you've got to hit it with a fade or try to really sling a draw in there tight against those bunkers on the left side, and then the 
the green is, is difficult too. It's small, it's usually pretty firm. Uh, there's bunkering on the left side and then there's a bunker in the far right. So it's it's a really tough hole, but you just kind of have this this sigh of relief once you're done with that one. Really, really a back to front sloping green too. So if you're long by 10 feet, you are defense putting. All right, hole nine, Tim. Hole nine, all right. We are coming into the clubhouse and there's nothing better than folks watching you hit your tee shots to do so. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of, of hole nine par threes, especially those that directly align to the patio where people could be drinking their beverages because maybe this is the only good shot I, I get to show the people for that round. Uh, so we're going with Hastings Golf Club, a short 160-yard par three that directly butts up against their patio. Yeah, and they're right on top of the patio. Right on top. <laughs> and the patio is usually bumping. There's usually people out there. They've got speakers going. It's just, it's good feels. Don't blade it. Don't, don't blade it. <laughs> no. All right, my whole nine is coming from down south uh, at Dakota Ridge. And, you know, it's a, it's a tee shot that, you know, you got to hit straight. It's, it's may not be one that you hit driver on because eventually the, the runoff runs out and there's, a, and there's a gap there. But I think it's another beautiful second hole shot. If you think you've got the clubhouse in the background, you've got a valley that you got to carry. If you're long, um, there's a hill that run that, that you'd be kind of stuck and be hard to get up and down on. And not to mention I birdied it the last time I played it. So it's got a lot of uh, good memories for me. Number nine, I'm going to bang the drum on this golf course over and over again because it's a hidden gem in Minnesota. I'm kind of skirting the rules a little bit because it is semi-private, but it's basically public. You can get on. And that is uh, one of my old stomping grounds, Bemidji Town and Country Club. Hole 9 is one of the coolest golf holes in Minnesota. It's a par 5. Um, big dogleg right, but you can kind of cut it over the trees. And then once you get to about 210 yards out, the whole thing starts going down, down the hill. And you see Lake Bemidji in the background, and it's got some little pot bunkering and... Um, it's just a, it's a birdieable hole. You can get there in two, or you can get into a lot of trouble because the whole left side falls off down towards hole one. It's a great golf hole. The whole golf course is great in Bemidji, so if you haven't played up there, get up there. You're getting us out there this year? I hope so, yeah. We've got to get up there. Did confirm through the Wikipedia, uh, Babe the Blue Ox and, and Paul Bunyan are, are, in, are in Bemidji. It's original. The, Bemidji. the Noonan guys over there got it on a hat. That's the original Paul and Babe. It's Bemidji. The Brainerd one, complete sham. See, I thought I thought from the movie Fargo that they passed by it in Brainerd. Oh, there is one in Brainerd, but that's that's like the sec that's like the fake one. All right, let's go to the back nine uh, coming down the home stretch here, Mike. Me, I got whole ten. I got ten at Troy Byrne. Technically, it's in Wisconsin. It's part of the Minnesota Golf Association, though, so we'll count it. Did you follow any of the rules? I no, know. not really. Um, <laughs> but it's part of the Minnesota Golf Association, so it so it counts. Um, <laughs> but ten's a cool hole. It's the dog leg left. Uh, it's got a long, it's got water, it's got a long bunker running across the, along the pond. It's probably most famously, if you've watched any of our social media, for Tim hitting it into a, into a bunker and plugging up on a face. <laughs> that was whole 10. Oh, yeah. Trying, oh, to get, trying to get it out of there. It was like, it was like watching a kid on the beach with a pail and, and, a, and a shovel and, and sandbox or something. But that's a, it's a really good golf hole. It's a risk reward. You can take a driver and try to get it up there. You can lay it back. It's a good golf hole. Um, my hole 10 is, is a newer one at, at, at Craigan's uh, Legacy, uh, the layman course. And it takes a little while to get there from the, from the cart. <laughs> but once you get there, it's a, it's a good, good, pretty shot. You know, a uh, little bit elevated box. And again, many of you probably haven't played this course yet. Hopefully you get out there this year to do it. But uh, very, you know, peeling again off the tee. And the, but the, the, the green is the, the part that uh, can trick you. So there's a big, giant spine 
that runs through it. And if the pin's on the back and you are short and you don't get it to the spine, then it's going to be a tough putt. Vice versa, if the pin's in the front and you go long, it's a hard um, you know, two putt from there. So you've got to make sure you're in the right part of that spine, depending on where the, the pin is. But, uh, yeah, really cool hole. Um, yeah, I think you guys would like it when you get up there and play. How it. many McShanks or Liftbridge beers do you think we could finish in that ride? I mean, we're, we're talking, that, was, that had to be <laughs> seven, couple. eight minutes at least. <laughs> yes, it is a long cart ride. So. Bring a radio. Hole um, 10, Tim, what do you got? Hole 10. So we are at another par three. It's an RTJ design, but it's not Hazeltine. Talking about the bridges in Winona, which was turned public by the owner of Fastenal. Uh, it's a wonderful par three from the blue tees. You need to move up a tee box or else you're going to be stuck behind this hedgerow. It really takes away from the beauty of the hole, from the height of the green itself, and from really your first interaction with the namesake and a, a beautiful walking bridge. Um, the walking bridge barely fits a pole cart. Barely. Um, recommended that if you have a pole cart, you just don't use the bridge. Alright, so that's your hole 10. What about hole 11? On to Chaskatown. A long par four with water all down the left side. Trees that can block any wayward tee shots right. I have some PTSD from this hole, but it doesn't take away from the beauty of it, from, from the architecture of it. It is a brutally hard it par is so, four. It's this, a hard this is a hard course. My course is not drivable par fours <laughs> and, and, and short par threes. This is, this is a beast over here. Um, number 11 comes from one of my favorite courses. It's the Jewel down in Lake City. You've got the, uh, the beautiful bluffs, and this is one of the most picturesque par threes that I think we can find in the state with the bluffs behind it. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, it, can, you know, it can play tough. There's some wind there, but uh, it's just such a cool backdrop that, like, you just get over it and you just feel, you know, you feel comfy, even though there's water that you have to carry and there's bunkers up there on the right side. There's a bailout to the left, so if you really feel like you don't want to attack something, you can bail out left. But... Uh, yeah, I think most people that ever play there, they're going to take a picture. That's where they're going to take it. Uh, so, yeah, one of my favorites. It's a really fun golf hole. Uh, a recommendation to anyone anyone listening right now that's thinking about doing the Jewel, wake up a little bit earlier, get down to Winona, do the bridges beforehand. It is, it's on very similar land, very undulating. It's got the cliff faces in the back, um, and it's really a gem because it's just so far out of the metro, but it's all of 45 minutes from from the jewel. So I, th I thought you were going to say do like Pepin and jean shorts and, and no shirt. <laughs> no shoes either. That was a great <laughs> afternoon. Uh, my turn for 11. 11. Second barn hole for me. There's two barns in this golf course. Stone Ridge 11, par 5. Um, great, good, really good par 5 because the tee shot's pretty easy. You just get it up there. But the second shot, you got some junk there and the green's elevated. The green's multi-tiered. Um, again, one you can get there in two, <laughs> like most hills, most par fives in, on this golf course. But it's a great golf hole. Um, also, also, a little tip, the locals know this. When you're playing that golf hole, you go into the barn. If nobody's behind you, and it's a 150-yard shot back to the 10th green over the water, out of the barn, they have a hitting mat in there. So you can, you can hit that shot if no one's coming behind you. But I, Stone Ridge par 5, um, 11th is a good, a good golf hole. I could have picked a lot of Stone Ridge. That's my favorite. What, the, what, is, what is the yardage out of that barn to the green? I, 150. I, I think it's like 150. 150, yeah. All right, hole 12, Mike. Uh, I did. I needed a par 3, so I did the Classic at Madden's hole 12. Um, the Classic's a difficult golf, hole, golf course in general off the tee, but hole 12 is a longer par 3. 218 from the back, and it's got a big spine again. Like the entire, my entire golf course is like greens with spines in them, so you're either going to funnel it in or you're going to be in a lot of trouble. But that's my 12th hole. 
Uh, mine is that golden eagle. It is a slight dog leg off the tee. Um, if, you cut, if you cut a lot of it, you can get a shorter iron in um, if you want. The green is tiny, though, so you've got to... I, I tend to try to take driver and move it a little bit to the left. But if you miss right, there's a severe drop-off. It's a very difficult up and down. But it's, uh, if you haven't been played Golden Eagle before, there's, what is there, five par fives? I think there's a ton of par fives. Sounds great. Super kind of secluded. There's like, you gotta, it seems like, am I getting to a golf course driving back in here? It's a, it's a fun little track. The people there, I remember, are always being pretty nice. The people at the clubhouse. And, uh, yeah, it's a cool little quiet, quiet little area that uh, has a lot of good golf. Hole 12. Gravel pit. Obviously, it's a par three. Nice. I, th I thought this might have been breaking the rules a little bit. It's, oh. it's only a par three course, but it's a, a newly opened par three course in the Brainerd area. Highly, highly recommend that you go visit this particular par three a little bit longer at 123 yards. I want to say the longest there is about 170. Uh, most have yardages less than less than 70 and an amazing smash burger. So if you're yes. there, make sure to get the food. Um, the owner's usually the one on the grill, and, and it's just a great time. All right, hole 13, I think we might have. A hole no. 13, I just put the quarry. I think we all we, have we the all same, know that same hole. hole. We, we all, all have the same hole, 13 at the quarry, if you've never played it. It's kind of fun. It's drivable for most people. There's a huge, giant middle bunker, so that prevents you from, you know, being able to just throw something out there. You've got to avoid that. So that's part of the layup and entices you to maybe want to go for it, but it's elevated too, so if you don't get it up there. I think two-thirds of the podcast was able to drive it. I, I won't, made, I won't I made, say who didn't. I made a deuce there on the, in the <laughs> Ryder Cup. You didn't make a deuce. I made an eagle. Tim, didn't give me, Tim did not give me a putt. I think I had like a two-footer for birdie, and he didn't give it to me, even though he was going to make <laughs> bogey. That made, made me putt it. That hole is, that might be the most, I don't know, photographed par four in Minnesota for public courses. Um, it's just a really good risk-reward golf hole. All right, hole 14. I think we're at Mike. I had. I, I like this hole. It's a little known par four. It's at Legends Club, good golf course in Prior Lake. Oh. Hole 14 is the one where the fairway is kind of elevated. There's like a, it's not necessarily a barranca down the right side, but if you go right, you fall down into this kind of, this. it's not a waste it bunker, but it's this grass area. And then left is a bunch of big mountains. But it only plays like 350 from the back tee, so it's short. You can get it up there by the green if you hit a good tee shot. So it's a kind of a let it rip, and you always have a second shot, but it could be good, it could be bad. But a cool golf hole. My 14 is Braemar. Uh, great bunkering on this hole. Upper fairway, lower fairway. If you go lower fairway, harder to see, harder approach to an elevator. If you go upper fairway, much easier to see what you're doing and make, uh, make a good swing on it and see your results. So kind of a good risk-reward depending on which fairway you take. 14 on mine, same, same as you, Mike. A little bit of crossover here. I've never hit that fairway, though. <laughs> In the five or six times I've played that course, I've never managed to hit that fairway. So I always wonder what it's like on the, the high side. Uh, going to number 15, we're going to Stone Ridge, a 450-yard par 4 to a downhill fairway with waste bunkering surrounding and the approach to an elevated green with a runoff area. So uh, missing the fairway will leave you with a difficult but doable approach. And uh, similarly missed uh, green will leave you to a really, really uh, tough, tricky um, chip. I needed to have a hard hole in my course. I wanted to have a good, good, strong par four. And so 15 at Meadows at Mystic is their number one hardest hole in the course. It's called Sumac. Um, bogey would be a good score at times is how they describe it. Uh, two opposing fairway bunkers call for a really good tee shot. I think you've got some water, too, to the right, so you can't fully bail out one way either. 
So, um, yeah, so a tough hole. And, you know, you, you want to have a, a little tough meat in there in that back nine somewhere as you come down the stretch. I had a really tough time finding a 15th hole. That was, like, the hardest hole for me to find because I needed to squeeze a par four in there. I had originally thought about putting my nemesis, my least favorite hole in Minnesota on there, but I didn't, and I won't name what it is. Um, just for fun, but Hunter over there at Golo Golf talked me into Loggers Trail, uh, 15th. Uh, it's pretty straight away, but it's got kind of like a barranca y thing in the middle of it, and then the green's got a bunch of tiers, so it goes with my whole theme of more ridges, a bunch of tiers on every green. More ri- we might have to get a Ruffles sponsorship, yeah, for all the ridges that going on in your, your yeah, greens. absolutely. 16, we're coming down the stretch, final third, final three holes. Me again, I did uh, the Wilds 16th, it's like a 330 from the back. It's kind of a drivable par four. It's got a whole bunch of bunkers left all over the place. you got to hit over some stuff, but it gives you a variety of options. You can lay it up and hit a wedge. You can hit driver and get up by the green. Uh, there is trouble if you if you do that, but it's kind of a cool golf hole. My 16 is the classic at Madden's. It's, uh, I'm a big speed slot guy. you got to hit the speed slot. You get rewarded for more yards. This is a speed slot shot. If you hit it, you're going to be possibly getting on in two if you can carry the water. It's also got a double bridge. You can go to the right side over. You can go left side. Right side's got the, uh, I think, the covered bridge. The left side, you could walk over it. So and it's also very, you know, kind of a cool elevation, you know, kind of a thing. So, yeah, that's mine. So 16 is Jewel at par 3. I'm a big fan of infrastructure, and this one just has that fantastic fence line. It's a longer par 3 with a big run-up area mm-hmm. and the, the singular bunker uh, with a, a lot of runoff to the right side and for some reason just the the classic dark paneled homes in the back the very modern architecture that sits off the back of that hole really blends in nicely with with the whole backdrop of of that hole all right 17 tim 17 best finish in golf par five par five <laughs> right yeah. almost guaranteed to, to at least birdie one uh starting with royal club number 17 uh, it's a wide open kind of grip it and rip it tee shot. Just can't pull it too far left. Uh, and then a very inviting approach. However, it can be very difficult to hold that green with a longer club as, as balls really seem to get kicked from front to back and can lead to some pretty tricky chips. And so. it's kind of kind of blind. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Mike and I have the most, I think, iconic par three in, in Minnesota. At the, For sure. The legends at Giants Ridge. Um, if you can make your way over there, there's a picture of it in the, in the golf show here of that hole, and it's just so, if you get it in the right lighting, like golden hour, it is just unbelievable. You've got the water, you've got the green kind of sitting up, you've got kind of woods behind it. Um, it's really hard to step over that ball and not, not like life at that point. Now, after you hit the shot, you no. might not like life because, um, I know Tim and I can speak from experience. We didn't have the best, you know, swings on it this last time we played it. But uh, down from the rocks, next yeah, to that was fun. Next <laughs> to the pond. You guys butchered that one, but I will say that's another opportunity when you're on the 10-minute cart ride to get there to have some lift bridge and some uh, McShanks on the way. That's a long cart ride to 17 at the Legends. All right, and let's close it up. 18. I got. I can see him right now. Meadows at Mystic Lake over there. I got the 18th hole. It's a par five. Uh, if you can get a long enough tee shot over the bunker, you can get there. I have some demons on this hole because I had a really low round going once and splashed one. But uh, then it's got the green is kind of a peninsula slash, I think it's a peninsula, it's not an island. But it's got the whole sawgrass feel with the, with the wood sides. 
So you're kind of look, and also you're you're looking at the shot ahead of you, but you're also looking at the fun after the round because the casino is right in the background, and you got all kinds of fun times ahead of you that day. All right, my finishing hole is the Royal Golf Club. I really think that you need to have a backdrop of the clubhouse so you can see that. There's a big bunker in the middle of it, so you've got you know to deal with that off the tee. But you know, it's another one you can get a three on, you can get a seven on, you know, depending on how things go. And uh, I know it's a good call. I, I want to make another note that I really wanted to put Eagles Landing in there in 18 as well, because I like that course. I like the moguls on the left side. You like that? that I, I love that. Yeah, I love. I love, and I love the giant green. It's a massive green. Um, you could play a football game on it. You I got wish like hundred yards of green. I wish on that hole they had a, the tee box where you could actually get to the corner. Yeah, or so just you cut down so, some so, so you could try to get there too. Like even if you just pump one, at least from the box we were playing, if you pump one, you're still not getting. I to think the corner. you just got to get longer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so mine, kind of the the similar feel to yours. The clubhouse matters. Coming in on on eighteen, having a great clubhouse really does change the the hole. And the best clubhouse is a casino. So we're going to Black Bear oh. up in the, the Cloquet. A lot of curveballs in my list. Um, it's a shorter 500-yard par 5, but there's a considerable amount of bouldering that separates pieces of the fairway from each other and can almost act as an old Victorian age hazard. Um, the layup is difficult as well as there's marshland and water all down the right side uh, that the, the green then diagonally runs against. So... Even though it, it can be a shorter iron layup into this par five, uh, still a lot of trickiness up at up at the green, and then obviously the uh, the casino right afterwards. Oh yeah, the whole golf course is tight and narrow. Oh my God, so narrow. Well, that kind of concludes our time here. Uh, we've got uh, you know we had a great time uh, here at the Choice Bank Minnesota um, Golf Show. It was uh, a lot of fun. Got to meet a lot of people. Got to uh, you know live podcasting is a different beast. It's a lot of fun too. Yeah. Um, I want to shout out a couple of sponsors. We got the Choice Bank, obviously the the, the premier sponsor. We've got Select, um, Buick and, and GMC dealers, Wagle Golf, um, Nelson Marine, North Iowa Golf, X Golf Minnesota, Golf USA of Eden Prairie, Liftbridge Brewing Company, and of course at the Score North. Um, what do you call the stage? Is where we're at. So, yeah. any final thoughts, guys, as we finish up? Nope. Ready to go. Ready to go top drivers yeah it was a good a good time hopefully we didn't butcher it too bad so they invite us back next year <laughs> so remember the difference between 79 and 80 is everything maybe today's the day i break 80 what the ball to draw but it keeps on fading no ob and no bogeys i gotta keep it on the 80 it's the gold yeah, you hit it on one Straight up the gut, baby. Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings. Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy. So punch out the rough and tune to break 80. Break 80.